Welcome to Pastor Potluck. I'm Court Green, and Peter Constantin is not with us today. And there's a reason for that, and that's because we have decided that on days where we can't get, I should say weeks or time periods, where we cannot schedule it, where we can't make our schedules work to get together and do a podcast, we've decided that we are going to, whoever can do it, um, do a brief something. And we didn't really come up with a name, so because I'm the first one to do this, we're going to call it a Pastor Potluck check-in. So in that brief something, we're going to hit something in the lectionary text and do a short, I don't know if you call it a devotional. I'm not going to call it a devotional because that's over-spiritualizing it. But we're going to do an abbreviated program, and it's just one of us. There's not as much discussion, but... I got to go first, and so today's Pastor Potluck check-in is going to be from the lectionary for this week, reading in Deuteronomy. I'll read it, and then I'll talk about it. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20 says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. That ends the reading. Again, that's Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. I think of all of those verses, probably the most well-known, and probably for good reason, is verse 19 and perhaps verse 19 and part of 20. And specifically, that second sentence in verse 19 Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. I think there's even a song about it, like choose life that you may live, said over and over again, as most worship songs do. Um, and, and there's a reason that it's popular. It's, number one, it's catchy. Number two, it has been taken by numerous movements within the faith and used for whatever reasons. And we can remember it. But I think we we lose its power when we boil it down to one phrase that is used to meet some certain aim that we have, some underlying agenda. And I get it. Like, saying choose life, who would not? Like, what monster would say, no, I'm a big fan of death, you know? I, I'm not that guy. Most of us aren't. And so <clears throat> it, it's it's not only catchy and easy to remember, it also seems obvious but if it's so obvious, why do we so often miss the point? Because the point of this, if you see it in its context, is that God is, is giving them options. Now, first of all, 
you have to ask yourself, well, why does a God who is so powerful and so capable even give us options? If God wants us to be faithful, why doesn't God just poof, make us faithful through magic or whatever, God stuff? And I think the answer to that it kind of reveals the nature of God and the nature of humanity as God created us. We were not put on this earth given such strong instinct that we cannot override that instinct. We are not like, you know, uh, penguins who hit the water and swim for miles and miles and miles and come back and instinct takes them right back to where they're supposed to be. Or sea turtles that are born and go to the ocean and something that we still can't really explain takes them back to lay their eggs in the exact same spot where they were born. We're not like that. We have decision-making capability. We can think abstractly. We were created to do that. And in doing so, I think God takes, if you can call it this, God takes a substantial risk. We talk about our human unwillingness to be vulnerable even when we need to be and and the beauty and power that comes with the ability to be vulnerable but we often forget that in creating humanity to be able to choose God or choose to reject God having that freedom God makes God's self vulnerable to rejection if you think about when you were at Maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting here, but if you think about when you're like a teenager or whatever, and you're you're starting to date, be it you know you're a male or female or whatever, and you think about going to this person that you're attracted to, and and you get nervous and scared. What is it that you're scared of exactly? It's rejection. Not even that you are being rejected, but the the fear of the fact that rejection is a possibility. We don't ever think of God in that those terms, do we? But in 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 giving us the choice, God is seemingly completely open to the fact that God could be rejected. Now, with that choice, God lays out the options. If you're choosing me, you're choosing life. And you are free to choose to go away from the choice of life. You are free to choose your own destruction. We're free to be stupid. That's true. But we have that choice. And what that tells us about the nature of God is that God doesn't want to require us to love God. God doesn't want to be a dictator. What God wants is for us to, of our own volition, choose to follow. And I think far too often we forget that we serve a God who doesn't have to be vulnerable to rejection. A God who doesn't have to allow us a choice. But a God who loves us enough to want to make it possible for us to decide 
to come into the grace that is offered. And I think about this in terms of my kids. Like, what happens? Gideon is nine right now. He's about he's on the back of nine, so he's about to be you know, ten this year. And so I got what, like maybe two, maybe three years left, where he thinks I'm cool. And then all of a sudden, I'll just overnight, I'll become an idiot, and everything I say is stupid. And yeah, maybe this won't happen, but you know, nine times out of ten, this happens. How am I going to deal with with it if he chooses? to move away from me instead of, you know, hanging on my every word like he has for the last nine years. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as mature as God is. I mean, obviously I'm not, but uh, odds are I'm not. But but God it, it allow, allowed us in creation to do that, to choose to reject God. My hope is that more and more people We'll see that loving nature of God. And instead of rejecting God, be attracted to a God that loves like that. And hopefully, we will love like that as well. Offering people um, their free will instead of trying to bully people into thinking like we do. This has been your Pastor Potluck Check-In. I'm Court Green, and Peter's not here this week. And I suppose he'll have the next one. So, have fun. Peace. Peace.